Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero. And I want to give a thank you shout out to Mike as well as to Sherry, because they are the most recent donors to the Clumsy Theosis Ministry. This podcast, this ministry, is only possible because of the donations from listeners like yourself. And while we're on the topic of donations, I have started a Patreon for Clumsy Theosis. Patreon is a donation platform that allows Clumsy Theosis supporters to pledge a monthly gift to our ministry and you get some goodies from me in return. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. I just have so much to talk about today. I'm really excited about today's topic. It's new for me, so let's just jump right in. Today's topic is Divine Mercy because Divine Mercy Sunday is this Sunday. And I've never had a devotion to the Divine Mercy, so this is like a new discovery for me, and so I'm pretty pumped about it. I actually bought the diary of St. Faustina at a secondhand bookstore in Pittsburgh, and this was years ago, because I figured, hey, I should probably read this at some point in my life. But it's been years that I have owned this book, and I only opened it up to read it during this last week. And I'll tell you what prompted me to begin reading it later on in today's show. Now, if you're not familiar, St. Faustina is the saint who Jesus appeared to and gave her the message of divine mercy in the 1930s. And we read all about this message and him, um, his conversations with her all in her diary. Now, what I want to draw our attention to as we begin this topic is something that Jesus said to St. Faustina. In her diary, Jesus tells her, be not afraid of your savior, O sinful soul. I make the first move to come to you, for I know that by yourself you are unable to lift yourself to me. So let's keep that in mind today as we go along with this topic of divine mercy. Like this is where Jesus is coming from. Like he's coming to us to give us his divine mercy. So what is divine mercy? I mean, that is a very real question because I wasn't sure for a very long time because you have the divine mercy image, you have the divine mercy novena, the divine mercy chaplet, the divine mercy hour, and the diary of St. Faustina. So what exactly is divine mercy? What I have found through my research is that divine mercy is a message above all of these ways in which we can participate in the divine mercy um, devotion, divine mercy is a message. And the message is a very simple message. And it's this. The message is that God loves us and he loves all of us regardless of our sin. And it's that his mercy is greater than all of our sins. And the message is prompting us and urging us to believe in the Lord's mercy so that we can call upon him and trust in his mercy so that we can receive it. And like all things that come from God, it's meant to be shared. It's meant to flow out of us onto others so that they can also experience the joy of the Lord that we do when we receive his mercy. And a great resource for me has been the divinemercy.org. I'm going to link that website down in the show notes if you want to take a look at it. And on their website, they say that the way that we can keep the message of divine mercy forefront in our mind is by remembering the ABCs, A, B, and C. So A is to ask for his mercy, B is to be merciful, and C is to completely trust in Jesus. 
So when we ask for his mercy, we go to the Lord in prayer and we do this constantly. And when we do this, we repent of our sins and we ask him to pour out his mercy upon us and the whole world. And then when we are being merciful, remember that mercy is from God. And again, those things that come from God are by their nature made to be shared. So when you receive God's mercy and it flows out from you onto others, you're going to naturally be more inclined or supernaturally be more inclined to be more merciful. So you will extend love and you will extend forgiveness to others, just like the Lord has extended love and forgiveness to you as well. And C, to have complete trust in Jesus. In the message of divine mercy, God is telling us point blank that the graces of his mercy are dependent upon our trust in it. So the more that we trust in Jesus, the more of his mercy we will receive. And that's real talk. And for me, that's a hard pill to swallow because trust does not come easy for me. I am naturally suspicious and wary and untrusting of others. And trusting the Lord has taken a lot. It's taken a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of healing for me to do. And there are still times when trusting the Lord with every part of my life is very hard and in the moment can seem almost impossible. But that is where grace comes in. I mean, for myself, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Enneagram. It's a new personality typing that's pretty popular right about now. I'm not super into it. Friends of mine are. And so they've asked me to take the test. And so I've taken it and I come out as an Enneagram six. And so our goal in life is safety and security. So I think that's pretty spot on. And then if you combine that with any of the traumas that I've experienced in my past, you can see how it is like a real struggle for me to trust. But like I said, that is where grace comes in. So, so often I pray for the grace to trust God. Like that is a lot of our relationship is me surrendering and praying for the grace to trust him and grow in that trust and in that security in our relationship. Now, Abiding Together is a wonderful Catholic podcast. If you've never heard of it, it's one of the few Catholic podcasts that I actually follow. And they did an episode on trust as it pertains to divine mercy. It's really good. And so I'm going to link it down in the show notes if you want to listen to that. And I think that maybe you should. I think it's a really, really great episode. But we have more to cover here today. So we need to move on and we can't dwell on the topic of trust. I'm going to move on now to the topic of mercy. And if you have been listening for any amount of time, you might have picked up on the fact that I kind of have a pet peeve when it comes to people not understanding mercy. And for that reason, whenever the opportunity arises for me to explain what mercy actually is, I always seem to grab it by the horns because it's like, it's a big issue for me that people don't understand. And not that my issue is with those people who hold the wrong understanding of mercy because it's not your fault. It was not my fault when I didn't understand it correctly. I think my frustration comes from the system, for lack of a better word, that didn't teach us correctly. Because mercy, like when we truly understand mercy, it tells us so much about our God and how he wants the relationship between him and ourselves to go, what he wants it to look like. He wants it to look like mercy, but if we don't know what that looks like, then it can be kind of confusing. We don't know how we're supposed to be in relationship with the Lord. So mercy is not withholding the punishment that someone deserves. 
Mercy is a forgiveness that is given freely to someone who does not deserve it and they have not earned it. Also, for mercy to be complete, not only do you forgive them, but then you pronounce blessings over them. And I try to always remember to direct people's attention back to the sacrament of reconciliation to understand mercy. Because think about it, you walk into the confessional and you're forgiven of your sin, so you're, you're not punished for it, and you didn't do anything to earn it, and you don't deserve it, but you have been forgiven. And not only do you receive forgiveness from the Lord, he pours his grace on you. He, he, he pours out his gifts and his blessings upon you. So when you leave that confessional, you're coming in, I mean, you're leaving not just with a clean slate, but now you're leaving with a gift, an undeserved gift. So that's mercy. And mercy is a huge focus in all of Catholicism, obviously. In Eastern Catholic Christianity, as well as in just Eastern Christianity in general, the Jesus prayer is something that's a major part of our spirituality. In the Jesus prayer, we say, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we say this over and over and over throughout the day as a, a way of meditation. And so like the Jesus prayer, it, it's all about asking for mercy and it's a central part in our spirituality. And I did an episode on the Jesus prayer not too long ago. And so I'm going to link that down in the show notes because I think it's helpful to kind of have that background information, especially as we're going into Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, in the Byzantine Catholic Church, we don't celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday. The tradition of the Eastern Catholic churches is to celebrate Thomas Sunday on the Sunday after Easter. And that's perfectly okay and legitimate with the papacy because the church wants to preserve the traditions of the Eastern churches because they are slowly disappearing because they're just getting smaller and smaller. And so as a way to preserve them, they want the, um, their calendars to stay as close to they originally were as possible. So many people refer to the Apostle Thomas as Doubting Thomas, but for us, we remember him for his profession of faith. Because when he put his hand into the wound on Christ's side, he proclaimed, my Lord and my God. And so for that reason, and, and I've always kind of thought this way anyways, I think of Thomas more as seeking Thomas rather than doubting Thomas. And not that doubting is a bad thing in our faith anyways, because doubt is not denial. And I think sometimes we make that confusion or we make that leap of thinking, oh, if you're doubting, then you're denying. No, true doubt leads us to seek out the truth, right? You don't know what the truth is, so you want to find it. I've found that when we seek something, whatever we find becomes our own. And that's how the faithful can say that we know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit personally right? We have personal relationships with God. See, in our seeking, we found him. And in our finding, what we found became so undeniably true that it became so undeniably our own. It's, you know, became very personal to us. And some people seek to confirm, and there's nothing wrong with that because there comes a point when the faith of your childhood has to transition from what you were told to believe to what you yourself believe based on the truth that you found from your seeking. There are other people who actually seek in order to rule out or to debunk the faith. And much to their surprise, they end up saying that Jesus Christ is Lord and Catholicism is the one true church that he established. And whichever camp it is that you came from, 
we all end up just like Thomas when he declared to Christ, my Lord and my God. And if you remember, when you took that leap to make the faith your own, it took a tremendous amount of docility to the Holy Spirit of God to allow him to speak truth to your heart. And in the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus tells her, he says, that you will conquer by your meekness. And in the Beatitude series that we just did over Lent, when I covered the Beatitude, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth, I explained that meekness actually referred to our being docile to the Holy Spirit. And I had to point out that connection because with the Beatitudes, a requisite to meekness is, or to any of the Beatitudes for that matter, is a requisite to any of them, to all of them, is humility. As in knowing that you are fully dependent on the Lord for everything, down to the number of heartbeats and breaths that you have left on this earth, and trusting in his providence and that everything that he provides you with is for your good. That's humility. And humility is also related to divine mercy. Hence, the line at the bottom of every painting of the Divine Mercy image, if you recall, there is a line that reads as a declaration, Jesus, I trust in you. See, so there's a theme here, and it seems like everything when it comes to Divine Mercy is coming down to trust. Like that third part of the Divine Mercy message, that C in the ABCs that we covered earlier, complete trust. The point of this episode is not to focus in on the trust because there's so much more to the message, but since we have brought up the topic again, I'm going to use this as a little segue to talk to you guys a little bit about Patreon because it has to do with me trusting the Lord and his providence. Now, back when I originally got the opportunity to develop this podcast, it basically fell on my lap. I had never, ever considered doing anything like this in my wildest dreams. And so I had to completely trust in the Lord because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea if anyone would like it or if it would benefit anyone. And that was the most important thing to me. I wanted it to be beneficial because really, what else is the point? So now that we have found out that people do like it and it is of benefit to a number of people across the world, praise the Lord, I I took sole responsibility for the show and that included everything and it required so much more trust in a bunch of different areas and one of those areas was financial. And that's right, you guys, we're about to talk about money and I know it's not tasteful, but I love creating this podcast and developing this ministry And that takes some dollar dollar bills, y'all. So I'm going to talk about it just really quick. It takes money for the podcast to keep going, but more importantly, for it to grow, for the ministry to grow. It costs hundreds of dollars for me to put the podcast online every year and to keep a website going. And it takes a lot of time. It takes so much time. I mean, between researching recording, editing, doing web development, graphic design, and so on. There's so much time that goes into doing this solely by myself. And there are so many other things that I want to accomplish through Clumsy Theosis and really make it a robust ministry. I want to start doing regular videos. I did a video series um, on Instagram over Holy Week and it went really well. I love doing it. You guys really seem to like it. So I want to do things like that more regularly. I want to do workshops online and in person. 
And I'd like to be able to provide more resources on my website and write out devotional books for you guys and just write books in general. And in order for me to be able to do these things, for the ministry to grow in these ways, I'm going to need to outsource some of the things that are taking my time right now so I can actually focus my time on doing actual ministry work instead of the technical aspects. That means that that outsourcing is going to cost some dinero, some moolah, some green backs. <laughs> and that is where all of you guys come in because with Patreon, you can donate any amount. That could be a dollar, five dollars, five hundred dollars per month, or you can even just do a one time donation. Those who donate at the five dollar, ten dollar, twenty five, fifty, a hundred, and two hundred marks per month, you guys will be able to receive special online access to more clumsy theosis stuff. And that's all going to depend on the level of your giving that you decide to sign up for. Things like private access to online discussions and voting privileges, um, also downloadable prints, graphics, and devotional aids made by myself, and exclusive physical products, stickers, coaster sets that I've designed, physical devotional aids that I've thought up and designed for you guys, and even recordings of my speaking engagements. So there's all kinds of things that you can receive by donating at any of these levels or in between those levels. So check out all of these exclusive perks by visiting clumsytheosis.net and then clicking the word donate in the menu. And oh yeah, this is important for all of you guys who don't want to use rinky dinky <laughs> PayPal for donating anymore. Uh, thank you for your patience. You can now use major credit cards on Patreon. You can also use PayPal if you prefer that, but you can use your credit card now. Um, if this ministry has blessed any of you, please consider making a donation. Any amount is appreciated, but nonetheless, I do encourage you to please just visit the donation page on clumsytheosis.net and you can see all of these wonderful perks that I would love to give you as a way of saying thank you and helping you to grow in your prayer life as you help me to reach more people across the world. Okay, so back to our regularly scheduled programming, Divine Mercy. We've covered the message of divine mercy, the ABCs of divine mercy, the necessity for trust in order to receive the Lord's divine mercy, what mercy actually is, as well as how it embodies our relationship with God. And ever since the Old Testament, God has been telling us that he desires this type of relationship with us. In the book of Hosea, chapter 6, God says, For I desire steadfast love, which is another way of saying mercy, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. So how do we say yes to this invitation to receive God's divine mercy, particularly as he is representing his mercy to us through the diary of St. Faustina, through the devotion to the divine mercy? right? This is nothing new. He's just representing it to us. There are a few ways. One way is Divine Mercy Sunday. In the Diary of St. Faustina, Jesus says, I desire that the feast day of mercy, right? So he asks for Divine Mercy Sunday to be a feast. He says, I desire that the feast of mercy be a refuge and shelter for all souls and especially for poor sinners. On that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. And we're going to get back to this in a second, because there are a few more ways that we're going to just kind of briefly go over. 
Another way to partake in the Lord's divine mercy is through the hour of mercy, and that would be 3 p.m. That was the time when Jesus gave his last breath on the cross. And in the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus says this about the hour of mercy. He says, as often as you hear the clock strike the third hour, immerse yourself completely in my mercy, adoring and glorifying it, invoke its omnipotence for the whole world and particularly for poor sinners. For at that moment, mercy was open wide for every soul. In this hour, you can obtain everything for yourself and for others for the asking. It was the hour of grace for the whole world. Mercy triumphed over justice. And I love how he says that you can obtain everything for yourself and for others. And we're going to we're going to talk about that also in a little minute. So also there is an image of divine mercy which I've mentioned a few times in today's episode. I encourage everyone just to read about this image and read about its symbolism. The most dominant feature in this painting of divine mercy being the red and the pale light coming from the Lord's heart where the lance had pierced him. For me, I love this because, I mean, yes, I love it because of all the reasons you should love it, but there's another detail that I love it even more because of, and that is there is an overlapping here between Divine Mercy Sunday and the Eastern Catholic celebration of Thomas Sunday. Because Thomas Sunday is remembering how Thomas put his hand in Christ's side, you know, and then he declared, my Lord and my God. When we look at the image of divine mercy, Christ is moving his garment over to the side. He's showing us that wound and everything that pours out of it. That's just like a cool little tidbit of like how like how how these feasts are just overlapping and there's just like divine coincidence in some way, which is not coincidence as we know. Okay, so also you can um, pray the Divine Mercy Novena or you could pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 p.m. every day. Now, at the top of this episode, I mentioned that I am now super interested in this devotion after never really having a devotion to it before. Here's the reason why. And so I'm about to get real serious for a second. Every night, I look up the data on the COVID-19 virus at worldometer.com. And I look at the numbers. I look at the numbers of the total sick, the newly sick, the newly deceased, the total deceased, and and everything else (laughs) that they provide on this website. So much data. And I look at this for the worldwide data. And then I also look at it for specific data on the U.S. and, and the states. In a way, it's kind of like my way of remembering the dead, praying for their souls. But I have kind of felt like I haven't really felt this like super confidence that I'm praying the correct way, if that makes sense. I don't know, maybe I'm just overwhelmed at the fact that there are people just dying in droves. And these are souls, souls of the children of God. Some of them without faith, some of some of them believers, some of them with faith. Regardless, they're still alone. Um, they could be scared. I'm, I mean, if I was an unbeliever, I would for sure be scared. But even believers can be scared. You know, if they've been away from the sacraments, maybe they wandered away from the church and they haven't reconciled themselves back to the Lord through the sacrament of reconciliation. And they're not able to get the last rites or receive the Eucharist, or they haven't been able to attend mass in a long time for whatever reason, maybe having to do with COVID-19 or they've been like ill 
Who knows, you know, but there are people who are in sin and their souls are in serious danger. There are people who their their souls are just not even seeking solace in the Savior in their time of suffering, in their last moments on earth because they either don't know how, they don't think that they can or they're worthy. You know, whatever it is, it's just, there's just so much that I feel like <laughs> needs to be prayed for in this situation that I don't, I didn't know exactly how to pray for it. Because our hearts should be drawn by love to pray for them. And now that I know about divine mercy, more specifically, it's given me better language. And it's united my heart to divine mercy in a way to where like I could pour that out onto those souls of those who are sick and those who are dying and those who have already passed away, especially because of COVID-19. And also after learning about divine mercy, I mean, we can, I mean, not only can we just pray for their souls in this situation. We can pray for a freaking miracle, you know, especially on Divine Mercy Sunday. That's what the Lord is inviting us to, to just ask and trust. On Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus specifically promises us special graces. In the Diary of St. Faustina, we read him telling her, The soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. On that day, all the divine floodgates through which grace flows are opened. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins be as scarlet. So we've been promised complete forgiveness of sins and punishment and that these floodgates are going to be opened. And so not to fear and just to ask, basically, you know, that's what I'm reading here. We can pray for whatever we want, whoever we want, because these floodgates are open. Now, in our current situation, how do we partake in this? Because we most likely cannot go to confession or to Holy Communion because of social distancing. And the divinemercy.org, it is an official Divine Mercy site. It has said all we have to do in order to partake of all of these graces on Divine Mercy are three things. But before we do these three things, we have to have the intention to turn away from sin, you know, and to lead like a holy life. That's nothing new. (laughs) So the three things are we have to make an act of contrition, you know, since we can't go to confession. And the second is we have to make what is called a spiritual communion. And I'll talk about that a little bit in a second. And we have to do both of these things with the intention we're going to return to the sacraments as soon as they become available to us again. So a spiritual communion is when you unite with the Lord on a spiritual level, even though you can't physically receive his body. And there's an actual prayer for spiritual communion. And I'll link that down in the show notes for you guys. But this is it. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart as though you were already there. I embrace you and unite myself to you. Permit not that I should ever be separated from you. Amen. And the third thing that we have to do is to say a prayer like this one here that follows. And this one was provided by Father Chris Allar. He's an MIC. He's the director of the Association of the Marian Helpers who are associated with the Divine Mercy and the divinemercy.org. So this is a prayer that he provided. He said to say, Lord Jesus Christ, you promised St. Faustina that the soul that has been to confession, I'm unable, but I made an act of contrition, and the soul that receives Holy Communion, I am unable, but I made a spiritual communion, will receive the complete forgiveness of all sins and punishment. Please, Lord Jesus Christ, give me this grace. And then you just trust. It all comes down to trust, doesn't it? (laughs) 
That's it. That's all that you have to do in order to obtain complete forgiveness of sin and punishment and to receive all the graces flowing from that wide open divine floodgate for yourself as well as for the whole world. Yeah, just share divine mercy like it's meant to be shared. So if you liked this episode, I hope you did, but if you liked it, will you please share it with a friend? And don't forget to head on over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu button to check out what goodies await you now if you become a patron and donate to us here at Clumsy Theosis. Also, there's going to be a link down in the show notes. If you're able to click on that, go there. It might be easier for you. Please, everyone, stay inside, stay safe. Stay close to the Lord, of course, his mother and all the saints. They are for us. They are praying for us. And also remember the sick and the dying and the deceased and the alone and the afraid and send them spiritual helpers in this time and some graces, right? we got to spread around divine mercy. And I would be remiss if I did not tell you that you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis, which all of those links are down in the show notes. So until next week, everybody, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us. 